That what was, was that perfect look? That was a, that's how I am flexible. I can be talked down from certain positions. Bob. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson, and I'm Bob Gamlin. Hooray! We're back. Yes, it's been. We've had well, a, we've had a break. Back. We've had a hiatus. Yeah. What is that? Is that like a hernia hiatus? We've had it. We've been on. I hiatus. only know hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've been traveling a bit. Josh has been busy too. So between those two yeah. intersections. Uh, We've missed a while. We have yeah. some. We have some catching up to do. We do. What was our last podcast about? Do you remember? Was it the I'm Scrum Master? Was remember. it the Scrum Master one? I can look it up real quick. No, it was eighty. So. It's too long when we get to that point. If we can't remember the last one, shame yeah, on us. yeah. To connect the dots, um, I was listening to our uh, Scrum Master. It's number seventy nine. I mm-hmm. think I thought that went really well, and we had a promise there for a follow up. At the end, we were alluding to. Uh, having aha moments mm-hmm. when you know. So that's maybe a future Metacast. Yeah. Uh, so we're not fulfilling that promise yet, listeners. Yeah, no, but we're th- I'm thinking, I'm just trying to catch up on our on our trends of thought or whatever. What are we talking about today, Josh? Uh, I call it chicken training. You call it rules of engagement. All right, chicken training, rules of it. We have to, so we want to couch the chicken. Chicken is an insulting term, right? Is Do we still have... Unless you give the backstory. So does that give us, so let's say your CEO comes into one of your stand-ups. Chicken. And you, you start, <laughs> burk, burk, burk. I mean, you start making fun of him and say, stop flapping your wings and close your bill and just be quiet. No. You would never do that. Right. So I, I, I think the metaphor has lost its polish is what I'm saying. So it is chicken training. Mm-hmm. So what is a chicken? What's the, why don't you go with the backstory? So the classic analogy is the bigger the chicken that want to start the restaurant. And the chicken has an idea for the name of the restaurant. And the restaurant is called Ham and Eggs. And the pig says, well, that's not fair because you have no skin in the game. So that dividing line, the way I think of it, is the folks that are executing on the points in the sprint. Those are and the actually team. the product owner as well, right? So the so the classic agile scrum team, whatever flavor you want to call They're it. They're the pigs. They are the pigs. Everyone else are chickens. And in the beginning, I when Schwaber he came out with that that sort of that metaphor, it's very early, it's an old metaphor. I think it mm-hmm. came out with the beginning of scrum or very close. Right. Um, I think it was effective. It it was much more effective then. Uh, but this was like 20 years ago. Uh, now I think it's it, there is heat around it, around the it's insulting. And really, the, just and, the. Oh, I, I actually coach. I coach away from it. Really, I just say we're not talking about pigs and chickens any longer. Mm. I, I give them the story, uh, but then I say we're not going to we're not going to marginalize people, managers, and call, by calling them chickens because they do have skin in the game. From a corporate perspective, they have. Yeah, it's like you. I, I could call you know I could marginalize you, but your role here, you have a leadership role here. Uh, so by definition, you're a chicken, so you should be shutting. I'm exaggerating. You no, should be shutting you. up around the team. Yeah, and, and I would argue no. If you have something to say, 
you know, you should overcome your feathers right. and, and be empowered and, and the team should welcome whatever you say. Right, and that's what I think this is about because there are times when some of the folks I've worked with the longest here have come up to me and it's like, okay, that was a bad chicken moment, right? And so I appreciate that they call me out on that. And so what this podcast is meant to be about, about how do you effectively operate as a chicken? Throw the label out the window, that's fine, but... When is it appropriate to interject? When is it not? What's the right channel? There are times where I know I struggle where there, I have good good experience, right? I've been down this path before. I see them going in a wrong direction. I want to jump in during a refinement. And sometimes that's the right thing. Sometimes that's the wrong thing. What's the, what's the best way to manage that case? Because folks in chicken rolls usually have good experience and they've been around the block a couple times. So how do you maximize that without getting the team dependent on that chicken? So that's that ever constant struggle of not forming dependency around, Oh, Josh will tell us what to do, right? but enabling them to have those moments of discovery and skin their knee without breaking their leg. So that's the analogy I always try and do is provide guardrails. Don't allow a catastrophe to happen. I think there's different types. We were talking about the rules of engagement before we started, and I think there's different types of chickens, if you will, too. Like, you, I don't look at you as being a classic chicken. The way Schwaber meant it, I think, is mm-hmm. he was talking about pure outsiders, like, right. like a stakeholder walks up to a daily stand-up and starts interrupting. So the stakeholder is not really directly involved, not even in the work. They're not a product owner. Uh, they're, you know, they're a VP over here, and they're aware of the project, but they sort of just happen to be in the meeting. Mm-hmm. And you know how those folks can really derail a meeting with 100 questions and right. things like that. And they start that immediately. So they've totally derailed the essence of the stand-up. So they're a disconnected chicken. Uh, they're a leader, but they don't have a strong line to the team. Uh, but you have a strong line to your team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not just a leader here. You're a coach. Right. So I would, I would make, as we talk, we ought to make the distinction between disconnected chickens or leaders and I don't mean disconnected from reality or anything right, like that. Directly. But the, but then there's coach chickens like yourself. And mm-hmm. I've been in this role a lot where I attend stand-ups. And I'm not just a chicken. I'm not just a leader. I'm also sort of an agile coach. Right. And, and I struggle with how do I get – there's a coaching moment. Mm-hmm. And how do, I, how do I take advantage how of How do those, you maximize that? How do I maximize? What's the most effective way for me to sort of seize the coaching moment right. with a team and not derail things? Uh, the other thing we were talking about rules of engagement is uh, like it's not just leaders. It could be senior leaders, leaders, leadership managers, mm-hmm. and it could be other team members. So how do you want to attack this? Just talk about just tactics? What do you think? Yeah, let's start there and see if we get into differences amongst those roles because I'm a little worried that as we start talking that we'll realize that maybe I should handle it differently than, than a – than a senior engineer from another team that's in a stand-up or hear something or anything like that. So I, I think a classic tactic is to wait mm-hmm. until there, there's a there's a I forget her name. Uh, there's a there's a young lady in this area. You know her. Uh, she's uh, she's been a leader at the AKC and stuff. And then she's oh. uh, yeah. Tracy. Yeah. Uh, and Tracy has this thing of called seconds. I think she calls it seconds. So let's talk about the daily stand-up and mm-hmm. use that as a, a case. And what seconds are is the first part of a daily stand-up is absolutely for the team. Mm-hmm. So no one interrupts them, mm-hmm. right? There's this classic, you know, they're, answer, they're, ask, you know they're, they're addressing the three questions. 
the scrum master is is sort of facilitating that uh, and it's and it's very focused and it's very free-flowing towards the goal of the stand-up let's say it ends in five minutes or eight minutes and they have some t- a little bit of time left then they'll come back to seconds as a team so as people are talking They'll say, and I have a topic for seconds, like mm-hmm. estimation. You know, our, I've noticed that our, or our user stories are poorly defined. Right. Uh, so it's an observation or something like that. So then they'll finish the stand-up, and then they'll go to seconds, which is these longer, longer-winded discussions. And the team members can opt in or out of seconds. So mm-hmm. you, attend, you attend the stand-up, right. but you only have to attend. You only, you know, it's voluntary for you to be interested in seconds. Most, right. most people hang around. Yeah. Uh, I've usually used that approach. So I'll wait till the stand-up is, let's say this, I'll wait till the meeting is done. Yep. I'll honor the team. Yep. I'll wait until it has a clear moment at the end. The other thing I'll usually do, I don't know if this is good or bad, but I, it's a weird thing with me. I ask permission. So I always ask them if I can interrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if they said no, I wouldn't, right? I might, I might take a different tact. But I'm, I'm gonna honor the I wanna honor the, the spirit. So you wanna ask for the interrupt when? So after the stand up? So after the stand up, okay. during seconds, I might wave my hand and say, I have a seconds topic. Mm-hmm. Then in seconds, can I can I interrupt the team? Because I am a chicken, if you will. I'm right. an outsider or I'm an outside influence. And and then, then I'll have that discussion at the end. So I'll I'll sort of honor the team, honor the meeting, honor mm-hmm. the ceremonies, right. but still get my foot in the door, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I, I would do that in most meetings, mm-hmm. even planning meetings or something. I'm not going to wait for five hours, right? But but I'm I'm going to sort of let the meeting finish its flow or look for an opportunity. All right. So I want to get to a different meeting other than the stand up. So I agree completely. My favorite part of a stand up is the home of discussion that happens after the stand up. Yeah. So people have connected the dots, and the people that are talking to each other to, to each other that need to be are. And those that aren't, aren't we, we do something similar we call it a parking lot. So we put stuff in the parking lot. Exactly. And then it's just like the second. So that's our approach. So the bigger challenge is in a refinement session or a planning session, you're a manager, you're a chicken, you see a team, your team, going down the wrong path. You're worried they're doing something wrong, taking a different approach than you would. You have experience. You think your information can help correct them, get them back on the right path. What do you do? I think I think you have choices. I, I think I don't know if it's a single response. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to let's talk about a little wheel, a decision wheel that we give every manager. So one part of the decision wheel is shut up and let the team fail. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and that's assuming that they're going to fail. You don't know. Right. They may be just taking a different approach from you. So mm-hmm. So allow so allow shut up as an option. Right? Absolutely. Allow failure as an option. Um, what would be another one? I, I think raise your hand and say, "Can I give you some feedback?" Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the same thing I'm saying in the stand up. Right. Um, I learned a long time ago from someone that in order to give someone feedback, it's best to ask permission first. And if they say no, I'm not quite ready for it now. You actually honor that, right? right? And and you would wait to another time or something or another opportunity. So I would, and usually the team, what the team's really going to say, no, shut up, right? Yeah, right. So they're not going to, you know. So, but you at least, but you presented that, um, or you could do the same thing and say, so you can give them direct feedback. Uh, you could say, can I ask some questions? 
and and I make the distinction between honest question versus trick questions. Oh, okay. Uh, what would be an honest question? An honest question is, you know, what are the driving forces behind that those design those design choices that you're making? What are you guys thinking about? Uh, as opposed to why aren't you using this uh, decoupled uh, multi-server pattern to attack that? Uh, that's a trick question. For, I hope I'm making the distinction. Yeah, because you know the answer. You're right. leading with the yeah. answer, yeah. right? Yeah. And and they know you're leading with the answer, and you're sort of micromanaging them with your. It's a question, but it's a right. It's a leading chicken, right? Yeah. Sort of question. So it's like when my wife asked me, "Hey, you want to do this?" I'm like. I, yeah, well, actually, no, but I know you're not asking if I want to. Exactly. <laughs> you're asking me if I will. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, so I always make the distinction between those, you know, those truly inquisitive, and I think teams can smell the difference, yeah. where you're truly just being curious as a leader, curious based on your history, not just curious, but curious based on your intellect and your history and your development background. Right. Curio I think that's fair game. And if a team pushes back on that, I usually sort of time out and say, "Look, you know, we're we're you have to respect the experience of everyone. That includes your leadership team, right? Right? You you have to respect that. This is natural inquisitiveness. So curiosity isn't bad, right? All right. Open mindedness to all like let's get all ideas on the table is not yeah. a bad strategy, versus all of that tricky stuff. But I think a lot of times managers are they're not asking inquisitive questions they're asking trapping questions if that makes sense yeah and, and and that's always the approach that i push with my folks is ask questions um but it's harder right it's hard to form those questions and to have the patience because that's really what it requires is it requires patience what i found oftentimes is is that if you're a couple sprints in the red right so things are going bad that oftentimes folks squeeze tighter and they don't have the patience. They don't ask the questions that get the team to the right answer. And I think that's the key is they get the team to the right answer, not they drag the team by the scruff of the neck to the right answer. So maybe there's a tactic. Another thing you just said that resonates with me is um, is no matter what the situation, be even keeled yeah. with how we're interacting. Right. And, and as pressure rises, I mean, let's say you're in a firefighting company and there's bugs, you know, customer defects are hitting, you know, so you you have a greenfield project that's going well or not going well, and then you have chaos coming from the field. The way we behave as chickens needs to be pretty consistent. Yeah. Independent. We have to filter that pressure out. Yeah. Right? You said that. I just want to emphasize it. One, we have to be patient. We have to let things unfold. We yeah. have to give the team space to, to, you know, give the team space to even consider what we're saying. Yeah. Uh, be patient. Uh, but also, we have to have the wherewithal to filter out all the crap and let that seep in. Uh, yeah, and that's a big responsibility. That's one of the things, um, a couple of jobs ago, we had a CEO that asked the leadership team to read books together. And one of them was a Santa Claus book. It was like 75 pages. And you're like, what, you know. But there was one thing that really stuck in with me there, and it was the three C's of leadership. One being consistency, right? So yeah. that So that really aligns with yeah. what you're saying is that when you show that with the team, then they start to take that and they don't panic when things go wrong and they're patient and they're comfortable and they're gonna take a logical approach to solving the problem to ensure we don't make bad choices just because of the moment. I always try to preface it. You were you were kicking me before the, the Metacast a little bit. You were saying, I would never. Uh, what, what was my phrase? I don't mean this, I don't mean to pick, Yeah. but yeah. 
and I have this, and then I start to pick. But I don't, the way, I, the, the reason I say that is I'm really not trying to pick, but I know it's a weird pattern I have. I'm probably never going to change it. It's so weird. <laughs> I don't know if I can. But the the point is, I, I tell teams that I, I just want you to cons- I do the same thing when I'm giving them, when I'm questioning or giving feedback. I just want them to consider it. Right. I don't want, how do I say this? I, I don't want them to blindly follow what I suggest. Mm-hmm. I want it to be thoughtful. So if I propose a good idea, then the goodness of it is based on the team's assessment, not mine. Right. And I really don't, I, I honestly want that. I don't want the team to just, oh, Bob, you know, okay, so we'll disengage our self-direction. Right, because they don't buy in, right? right? So they're going through the motions at that point. And to me, that's the that's the real trick is working through all of this to get the people doing the work to execute with buy-in and not just, oh, we're doing this because Bob said so or because Josh said so, right? That's that's going to last for a little bit, and then they're going to quickly find ways to abandon that pattern because they don't believe in it. They don't think it adds value. And it, dis- and it disempowers the team. It, you get you get crappier solutions uh, to all that point. So I, I usually say, and I mean it, I'm not just saying it, but I remind them. Here's a So I ask permission, but I also clarify and say, this is this is an idea equal to anyone else's idea. Right. right? Just please consider it. Or this is history. So it could be an idea. Or like you said, you have you have wonderful history. Mm-hmm. I've seen this, you know, I've seen this right. this outcome ten times. Right. My history here's a lesson. <laughs> Please consider it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, ignore it if you want. Add on to it if you want. But do something like that. I have a. I'm trying to think of a mental model. Um, I don't clarify. I don't think of it very clearly sometimes. But I try to keep score, and uh, I try to have like for every hundred engagements with the team how many times do I interrupt Mm -hmm. Uh, how many times do I ask questions or how many times the other I do keep track of it this way how many times do I override the team right so out of every hundred engagements I give myself like less than three you know two or three I might get two or three if I get to like five overrides I start mentally chastising myself right Uh, I hope I'm making sense I get it it's like you know telling the team no uh, and the other thing is I keep track of it so to keep to make sure that the moments I engage with the team are critical. Like a bus is coming, the team is crossing a street, and the bus is co- a bus is coming down, and I've already had five. Well, now I've wasted them, right? I, I should have saved them for these critical moments. You, you don't want to override for non-critical moments. You don't want right. to, you know, you want to save them too. Uh, I don't know if I'm making sense. No, I I get it completely in the similar analogy that I have is there's a specific technology that I love that I have jokingly thrown out as the solution to everything, right? And just joking, like, hey, if that's the problem, we can solve it with Couchbase, right? Hey, we, you know, we can't figure out why our Angular front end app isn't working. Well, we should use Couchbase, you know, just joking. And so now the times when Couchbase is an appropriate solution, the team discredits it because it's, oh, here he goes again, you know? So it's things like that because I've overused it. I didn't yeah. use it at the right time. Yeah. So um, that's one of those, and we might actually use it someday, which is interesting, but, um, I've seen that where I've, where I've wasted the times I should have used that because I, I was frivolous with it. Yeah. That's what, that's the way to articulate it. I keep, I keep a rough score in, in my head, at least I, right. I try to keep a rough score and I have this like pie chart of a hundred just to make sure that I'm, that I'm attacking the critical moments carefully. I think that would be good guidance to chickens. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's is make sure that you have a score count that you're not going in there that you're not hitting 90 90 percent, <laughs> right? Because if you're hitting 90 percent, then then you are you're abusing. Right. You're, then, then you are micromanaging. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, as you back it off, you get closer to that five percent. Then you can feel confident that if the squads, the teams are running well, and you're less than five percent, using your model with which you're. Yep have a lot of history and experience with, then that's a that's a good place to start. I'm gonna start keeping track of everything now. It's I again it's I think it just it, it keeps us honest. The other thing with questions is it's not just of the team, but be engaged. Like I don't know how much the burn down chart, if you're maintaining burn down charts, mm-hmm. do you know how much there's so much information in a burn down chart that you can just be inquisitive. So there's charts that hit the team and they sort of take them for granted sometimes. Or there may be metrics that hit the team or, or activities or whatever, depending right. on how you're tracking sprints or how they're sp- tracking sprints. I'm not suggesting that chickens or leaders, you know, micromanage rally or micromanage version one or something like that, but pay attention to the data, mm-hmm. pay attention to the charts, pay attention to the information radiators, and just ask questions around it. Right. Like the infamous, why is the burn down chart not burning down? Right. Uh, and be really inquisitive about that. And then be open-minded. So part of the chicken engagement would be to listen. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm... So ask that open-ended question and be willing to hear anything from, don't worry about it, it's fine. Right. Which I don't know, but I'd have to, I'd have to swallow it. Right. What? It's, you know, it's been flat for the last five days. Don't worry about it? Okay. I can buy that, I guess. Or, no, we need help, and maybe I can help. Or... You know, it's kind of going okay, but we're having a problem in this area. What do you think? So I think those open-ended, met they're not metrics questions, but they're information radiator questions right. uh, are so the, beneficial. That I, you, we, can, we can help the team pay attention to something that they may, not, they may be missing. Right. And I think the key is that it's an information radiator, right? That it's not a hardcore metric of success. Yeah. Right? We, I, we probably said the, I probably used the wrong word when no, I said but, metric. Yeah, but I get that that it's it's an indicator of something, and that you're paying it as a chicken. Right. You're actually watching, right? You know, and you're and it's not that you're watching to catch. So don't. So an anti better would be I'm watching to catch you making a mistake, right. or I'm watching to shrub your nose in the fact. I think that you should watch to catch a success. Yeah, I think that's, that's the only thing you should catch. Catch right. successes, but when things are going bad, ask. What do you? Yeah, ask. Be inquisitive about what's going on. Can I help? Are you on top of that? Did you notice? Did you? Did you? And, and not in a smart ass way. Right. But did you notice that the burnt? You know, is anyone concerned? And then, right. and then have the art of shutting up. So that I think that's part of this question is knowing like the art of the open ended question, mm-hmm. and then having the wherewithal to just shut up and listen to what the team, how the team responds, right? right? And not always having the last word. It, probably not having the don't decide you've opened up the can of worms now see right. I mean you've you've put a light on it right. now, now trust your team to figure out if it's important or not if it's relevant or not and that can be really hard that's scary and that's hard and that's where I see a lot of folks really struggle right is that they they can't drive that group to the success they want it to be so they have to trust and really know that that group is going to succeed or if they don't succeed they at least learn the lesson so that way in the future sprints they do succeed so let's bring it to the demo let's talk about demos um are there chickens in demos 
Um, well, what are the rules of engagement for chickens in demos? I, I'll put out, I don't know if you agree, I don't think there are chickens in demos. Really? I don't think there's a chi- notion of a chicken in a demo. Oh, okay. You mean of a a person that I'm operates a, like a chicken? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not that those that traditionally operate as a chicken in the sprint can't attend. It's just that when they attend, they shed the chicken approach. I think they shed, approach. shed the, the rubber band around so the beak. the beak falls off and... Well, I don't know if we need to go to that extreme. <laughs> and the lips are like falling off. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah. So I just want to clarify that's not yeah. that they're physic. So they should no, physically be there, but they operate differently. I think I think they should operate. Okay. I usually coach them. I, I usually say, you know, you. May, I don't use the chicken term, but I talk about rules of engagement in the different ceremonies. But I try to emphasize that I want chickens i want everyone it's not even i want everyone to engage in the demo yeah and to provide feedback to the team in the demo and i want it to be honest feedback right I, so i don't want it to be couched you know i think the demo suck but i'm going to give you a five because i don't think you can handle a two right or something like that I, I want it to be as congruent honest feedback now it may be overboard so let the scrum master facilitate the feedback to make sure that we're not going mm-hmm. down rat holes or mm-hmm. something like that what do you think about that i agree that's the expectation I have, and I've found that at some places it's it's hard for folks to transition between those roles in a fluid manner. That's actually an important point that I haven't, I don't always think about. But there is this constraint. So there's the ceremonies, and every ceremony. So in retros, I actually exclude chickens. Right. right. Yep. So in retros, you're excluded. In these execution ceremonies you're sort of what constrained right and then and then it's a free-for-all i'm kidding but in the demo but that's pretty inconsistent right the, mm-hmm. the rules are floating there and it's not right. clear as to why right that probably explains why i see a lot of quote-unquote chickens who struggle in demos figuring out how do i what's fair game for me to say right right and and can how honest can i be even all right so let's quickly cover those three things right so we talked about the stand-ups yep and the execution approach yep. of we need to enable the team to solve their own problems yep we need to provide the guardrails so they don't go off the rails and just crash and burn right mm-hmm. but we use our experience and our knowledge to help help provide them with everything they need to succeed um the retrospective that was a great tip you gave me three years ago of get the heck out of there Right, because whether you like it or not, whether you want to believe it or not, they're altering their responses because you're there. Yep. So, not being there enables the team to have the discussion they need to have, to identify the problems openly yep. and honestly with each other, yep. and to get those problems solved. I mean, I'm firm. I'm even to myself. I've always been firm. The retro is for the team. It is a no leadership zone. Right. Uh, usually, leaders follow up. Can they do a status report of the retro results? And I usually don't even, I mean, my response is usually, if the team feels like they want to write something down in a wiki that represents what they talked about that's safe to communicate out, then I said I wouldn't tell them not to do that. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't force the team to, to write a, this is our action log. I want that box that, that, that that's the retro to be for them. Right. I want the improvement actions to be for them. Yeah. Um, if a leader or a chicken is interested in, you know, is the team having an effective uh, retrospectives that will then look at are they improving right yeah. come to the demo 
and 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 check and see or come to the you know be, be an act, engaged stakeholder mm-hmm. and see if things are improving and if they are then they're having effective de- uh, retros what do you think about that so our folks post retrospective results in our wiki um, one of the key things that they do is for their record so part of their retrospective is they look at the previous tries mm-hmm. and hey how do we do kind of mm-hmm. see this is the third time we've had this or whatever so they found that I I do troll them and I automatically like every page because we have a like functionality right. in our wiki. I like it. I don't care what they are. I just like the fact that they're doing it and they're having a conversation. Right. Um, so I encourage them to use that tool, mm-hmm. and um, they actually post in actions stuff for me or stuff for leaders. Hey, we need help doing this. Right. So that tells us, hey, we need to jump in and help these guys. Things like that because they're asking for it. So that's working reasonably well for us. That's just our approach, but we're not physically there. Well, so it, the question what, is: Does the fact that it ends up recorded right. does that alter the way they operate right. within the retrospective, or do they exclude? I, I mean, I've had teams that do what what your teams are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not because I encourage or discourage it. I actually, I'm, I'm like, this is your meeting. If you publish something as a result of it and make it transparent, you don't have to. But if you do that, that's fine. People mm-hmm. can read that. Uh, people can take action. I always encourage a team to have an action log, but that's again the, for privacy. That's mm-hmm. that's the scrum master. If I'm scrum mastering a retrospective, I'll keep a what an action log or an issue log, or I'll keep a log of discussions. Mm-hmm. I'll publish that for the team. But the question is, do we make that like a, a, a PMO? Do we make that available to the entire company? Right. That's that's the distinction. Sometimes uh, I try not to do that. Um, I, I do, you know, if, if a team is comfortable, then fine. What I worry about is what let's say you're an underperformer on the team, right? And the one of the action logs is I'm I'm, ex, I'm exaggerating, but jo, you know Josh sucks at debugging his own code, mm-hmm. so Bob is going to pair with him 100% for the next three sprints, so he can debug his way out of a wet paper bag, right, right. or something. Uh, that actually might be a congruent action in the team. Mm-hmm. Do we want to make that public? I don't know. I, I want to give the team a license to hide that if they right. to not hide it, but not. To but to solve their own problems. Problems. Right. It's, that's that can be private yeah. to them, and, yeah. I, and I want them to have that comfort yeah. of being able to do that. Right. Yeah, the old policing themselves. Yeah, I, I want the improvement. I want I want your debugging to improve. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's going to affect the team. It's going to affect velocity, etc. Um, and and teams where I've seen that they publish a little thing. They don't publish everything. They right. they publish a healthy, which is probably what your teams are doing. Probably yeah. They're they're publishing a healthy synopsis, mm-hmm. and, and I'm absolutely fine with that as well. Right. Okay. So you were you were facilitating us. So please get back. So the third one is why is the expectation different from chickens in the sprint review slash demo? Why do we want them to throw all those restrictions to the wind, and jump in with every thought they have coming from their brain? I don't know about every thought. This is not. It a, was an exaggeration. I'm not saying stream was, of consciousness babbling on the part of a hundred people in a room. <laughs> what would that look? No, I, I mean I want. I it, to me the demo. It's not for the team. It's it's so it's not for the product owner. It's it's a ceremony where the team to me it's like this. It's it's an event. It's a point on stage. It's a mm-hmm. place for you to say you know show me the money. 
and and ju not just show me the money and say, you know, and I want everyone in the audience to go ooh and ah and to give us a five and to walk away. It's give us that if that's what we've earned. Right. But it's a wonderful opportunity to get feedback. Are we on track? Here's uh, to talk about uh, coming attractions. Here's what we did last time. Here's what we did here. Coming attractions. So you could connect the dots functionally. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful place for the product owners to talk about where are we going mm -hmm. from a roadmap perspective. Uh, are we on track? Is that is that still relevant? Uh, people in the room, senior leaders in the room, Do you is this still based on our velocity? We're slowing down here. You notice that. You can have these conversations. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I'd, li I'd like to open that up and have those sorts of, you know, sort of feedback, not just even on software. It could be feedback on capacity. It could be feedback on quality, et cetera. So you're giving me the stink eye, which I, I'm glad. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to question this. And when I question it, you're going to have this beaming smile on your face. Go ahead. I'm questioning if that's the right forum for that discussion, or should it be handled in the release planning discussion that you have? I, I think, so release planning is set, setting the stage, setting a baseline of what's in play, you know, minimal marketable release or a minimal viable release. Uh, the team is signing up for it at, at, at the, whatever level they're planning, they're committing to it. Uh, it's a multi-iteration plan. Uh, it's going to unfold. Not everything has been groomed in excruciating detail. They've not executed a sprint yet. Mm -hmm. So velocity is going to be unfolding as well. So I, I think some of this discussion, I mean, I would hope that you would have some of this discussion in release planning, a mm -hmm. lot of it, but that's in release planning. Where's the rubber meet the road? One sprint at a time as, we're, as things are unfolding. So I think it's just too good of an opportunity to not generate some of those, you know, well-rounded discussions, not just around functionality. I mean, it's going to it's going to be mostly about functionality, right? Right. It's going to be mostly about software, but it could be other things as well. What do you think? So, our approach to release planning is a little bit different in that we do it every two sprints. So we're continually. So you're doing like rolling. So you're different that way. Yeah. So think safe though. Safe is sort of a quarterly. You're doing a rolling wave thing, right? So if you're doing rolling wave, I, you know, and not a lot of folks do that, right? At least that I'm aware of, right? Well, then I could see that if you're doing rolling wave, it's going to affect. It should affect the feedback you're going to get in sprint reviews, right? If that's the reason you gave me the stink eye. Yeah, I was just thinking through. In, yeah. In our practice, what would I do if those questions or those things came up? If they should have, so I do think there's this notion of appropriate timing. Right. Let's say a question should have come up in release planning and it comes up after the third sprint or something like right. that. And you're scratching your head saying you weren't, you were sleeping right. or something. I do think those, those things need to be facilitated mm -hmm. or you need to have a conversation with whoever's asking the rules of engagement right, discussion yeah. Yeah. and say that question privately, right. but that could, either you or Richard, you know, the scrum master should pull someone aside and say that should have happened there. Yeah. Uh, I remember once that I contact our, um, we busted our butt to do release planning well. And then we had a scrum of scrums uh, twice a week. Uh, then we did sprint demos across every team. And our vice president of customer support, one release we were doing a lot of stuff into our customer support dashboard. This is internal to manage the app mm -hmm. for customers, like security and things right. like that. And one release was very focused, maybe 40% of the content was on this internal app. 
and uh, and they were complaining for years. You know, no one ever feeds us very well. We have a crappy, right. you know, our administrative capability is really crappy. So we finally focused, you know, nearly 50% of our, our capacity towards really sprucing up the customer support side of things. And uh, we were demoing and demoing. And on the night of the release, we were in Saturday night, uh, she comes up to me and she said, this is just un unacceptable. And we have to withdraw the release and we have to revert because I just, I, I can't use this. We can't use this. And I, you probably know how I would have, how would you have responded? Similar uh, to the way you did, I, I'm sure. I, I was like, yeah, like uh, and Susan was nice. So Susan, let, let's, let me get this right. Okay, let, let me review the events here that unfolded before we make a revert decision. Uh, first, you and your team were fully involved in release planning. Next, we bust our butt every sprint to include to to demo the every sprint demo. Your folks were in. You were. I, I recall that you were in every demo, mm -hmm. uh, sprint demo, and a significant part of your team was represented there. Any feedback we got, we adjusted. We adjusted dynamically along the way. We were open, honest, transparent. Blah 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 blah. And now, now my assumption, my only assumption is every one of you was asleep at the wheel. And now it's, we're not, no. I said, we're going to release it. Right. And you're going to make use of it. Yep. Right. And you're going to report things and we'll adjust it. But you were not. You have to leverage, and I hope I'm making sense. Part of, it's transparency does it a disservice. Part of the Agile model is, is everyone exercising their feedback opportunities along the way yep. in release planning, in the sprints, and getting in the frickin' game. Mm -hmm. And if you don't happen to say something, well, then shame on you. That doesn't mean you had your opportunity. Take it seriously. Right. Pay attention. Uh, she, they could have followed. Any one of our teams would have demoed, had a, a full-day demo for them offline if, right. if they didn't get enough in this sprint review. That was that's our job. That's our responsibility. But it needs to be appropriate times. So I think there's a healthy tempo to when and where. Mm -hmm. And there's also a penalty to say get in. You know, there's a, not a penalty. It's a responsibility. That's what I'm trying to allude to in the demo, Josh. Right. Gotcha. Does it make sense? Yeah. Or get it. Open your mouth. You got this opportunity. Right. Now I I hope we're on track. I hope it's minor tracking. I hope it's minor adjustments rather yeah. than major. But in many agile transitions, that openness and transparency and that responsibility was not there. So I think there's some real work with trying to transition the organization into being comfortable with the feedback. Well, I think I think I, I agree with you. I think one of the key things about this chicken, I like the rules of engagement analogy because you have to explain that to people. Mm -hmm. What what are the rules? I mean, to be fair, for Susan, well, it's not fair, but, I mean, she knew the rules of engagement. But if it would have been early on, then it could have been, the bad could have been mine as a coach, right? Because right? yeah. we weren't explaining it very well. Right. This was a mature release for us. So this mm -hmm. was, this, but this wasn't it, your first rodeo. This wasn't, this was like our eighth or ninth rodeo. There was no excuses. But if it would have been our first rodeo, I could have seen where, crap, you know, I, the root cause could have been we really didn't explain it well. But we're we're not in Kansas anymore. We want your feedback as much as we can, and here are the the places to adapt. <clears throat> but it was the first radio of releasing of that kind where a bulk of the release was to support her crew. So maybe they maybe they could for the first seven releases be asleep at the wheel and it didn't really matter. That's probably you know what you probably nailed a part of it. Right. And now they're on stage, and like well. I've been fine skating by 
for seven releases, it'll just magically happen again. And maybe it'll magically happen again, yeah. and we're not really paying attention. It does require, I mean, one of the, it requires effort to provide congruent feedback. Yeah. It, it, it requires yeah, it thoughtfulness. Yeah. Uh, it requires energy, from my point of view. It's, so it's not easy. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's really not that easy. Anything else? Did we beat this to death? It's pretty close. So I have, can I wrap up with one story? Wrap it up. There was, there was one senior leader once that I was talking to. and um, uh, This is going to be good. I don't know. Uh, and he, he was saying that he went into a sprint review. Uh, so he's like sort of the CTO, the, the grand poobah of this organization. They were going at, they were relatively new to Agile. Um, not brand new, relatively mm-hmm. new. And they had, they had been doing some demos. And they were using this technique called a fist of five, which is sort of a voting technique. Um, fist of five is, so if you vote with a five, that says you're really pleased. If you mm-hmm. vote with a one, you're displeased. You know, you come up with a scale. But uh, uh, I was sort of lately coaching them, and he came up to me after some demos uh, and said, Bob, I, did, I, want, I want your opinion as a coach. And it was like, you know, I just, I just had a really, was a very unfulfilling set of demos and, uh, and I, you know, how do I give feedback? And I'm like, well, what did, what did you do? And he was like, well, I voted five. So I gave all of them a five. Well, I'm like, well, were they fives? And he's like, no, they weren't fives. In fact, they, they sort of sucked. Mm-hmm. I, I was very unhappy. And I gave them like, well, what, what would have been your vote? Well, like two. So I would have voted two or something. Well, I'm like, why, why didn't you vote two? And it's like, well, I didn't, you know, I was sort of afraid of the reaction. The team gets a little defensive. Um, it be, you'll appreciate this. We're in the South, so we have to be nice down here. <laughs> and, you know, so I was afraid of, you know, I don't want to step on any toes. But I'm like, it was a two, right? Right? And, and you had this wonderful opportunity to tell your truth to give feedback and to be engaged. I said, if you want my feedback, I said, I think you blew an opportunity. Right. Uh, the other thing is I, I don't think you can, now I think behind the scenes they said, well, I gave the feedback to their managers or something like that. But I'm like, you had this opportunity to give that feedback to the teams. Mm-hmm. I said, my heart tells me that you blew an opportunity to yeah. give that. Now don't rip their souls out. So if you are in the South, maybe put some, you know, make them biscuits, give them a yeah. little honey. Put some barbecue sauce on it. Put some barbecue sauce on it. But damn it, give them the feedback. Give them, so, yeah. so don't just give feedback. It's like the customer support. Don't, you know, don't be asleep. Don't lie, don't mislead. But let's just be honest amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd share that. I don't know if it's relevant or not. It is, and that's a big hurdle that I see a lot of demo and review attendees struggling to do of, being comfortable giving that feedback, that true, honest feedback. I, this was challenging. This was actually, this was a really, really senior person. Right. And, yeah. and so they had, they had the, I mean, again, they had struggled, they struggled clearly yeah. with it, but they had experience. So gosh, if they struggle with it, I would say most folks can struggle with it yeah. as well. <clears throat> but it's worth giving. So it's an opportunity to do that. So Absolutely. let's get better. Yes. Stick a fork in it, baby. Yep. Yep, I think we're yep. done. All right. How do folks get a hold of us, Josh? Well, I mean, I'm, you I'm found glad. us one way. We've we've been using right. that. Yeah. I know. Found so us I, the same way. Find I can't, us. I can't use that again. I've got to come up with something no. new. No, you can, you can use Dag that. Daggone it. No. All right. So I'll go back to the old school way. 
Twitter. We are on Twitter, Meta-Cast, all spelled out. Our website, Metacast, with a hyphen between the A and the C. We're on iTunes. We're on all these we're, different We're players. everywhere. We're, You've put us everywhere. I'm trying to get us everywhere. You're a technology. There's an, yeah. there's an audience. Um, so do that. Give us feedback. Yes, uh, Topic feedback. Give us ratings, reviews. We want reviews. Give us reviews. They make a difference. Uh, and be honest. Don't give us a five if we haven't earned a five. Exactly. Give us, give us the right. Give us whatever numbers you think Josh has earned. Uh, oh, did I say? Did I say that? <laughs> so, so rate us, rate us separately. <laughs> no, give us, give us ratings. Please do rate us separately. <laughs> oh, exactly. Uh, so uh, give us, get, we're, we're open in, in all seriousness. We're open to all kinds of feedback. I think you've known that. We have some, uh, for feedback, we have some prizes that we're willing. That's right. Like we stickers, have stickers and books. And, and books and stuff that we will, quote unquote, say thank you to folks who give us some good feedback. Uh, so with that, uh, from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.